five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. Yes, we're going to talk about direct mail, but especially catalogs today. Okay, so hang on. Let's get going. But first, a McDonald's ad from uh, Adland TV, my, one of my favorite sites. And this was produced either in Latvia or for or by an agency called Latvia. I wasn't exactly sure. There wasn't much of a backstory. But let's get over there and let's give it a watch. Like it's a taste worth melting for. Try our new smoky beef or crispy chicken. Okay, so that and different colors, really different colors. Hmm, that's interesting. Anyway, um, and it looks like we didn't get that quite centered on the on the screen. There you go. It's it's hard to run this bugger. <laughs> but anyway, let's get over to the real news and um, let's get over to the PDFs. Okay, so first I'd like to talk about um, business to business digital sales hold steady through third quarter, and we've had some anecdotal evidence of that. We had some uh, we had some um, meetups in December, and um, one of our participants was especially keen that um, that their B two B division had really done well this past fall and uh, recently and I had lunch with another B2B company that wants to do um, more mail in 2023 and so we're working on that right now and they said that the first half of 2022 was kind of but the second half really really came around and that they've been really they've had a really good uh, even fourth quarter Um, and so that's anecdotally uh, what we know this stuff there was a lot of stuff here um, but one of the one of the uh, companies that that uh, this article watches and this is from digital commerce 360 mark brohan they they watch uh, MRC global which is a hundred year old distributor of pipes valves fittings and um, other stuff for the energy industry and they said that their sales were really good and especially their digital commerce you know back in the day we used to track phone sales versus mail-in sales okay if you can believe that I'm that old those were our two main order channels and after a while I argued that it really didn't matter too much I mean it makes it it makes a slight difference uh, because your average order size theoretically was bigger on on phone sales because we could do up sales Whereas the mail order was just, you know, mailed in and that was that. But there was less handling involved. There was less overhead involved. So um, so after a while, we started not worrying about that too much. And I, I suppose it's been, you know, it's only been 10 years when we started really tracking Google ad sales, for example, 2009. And so it's not surprising that we're still breaking these out but I wonder if in B2B especially if this makes any sense I don't think it does something to think about um, that really sales is the most important metric and not 
digital sales. And the fact that digital sales is growing is not that important. And so maybe we'll maybe we'll see an end to the digital sale sales metric. Maybe we'll see an end to digital marketing per se. Because does it really make sense to break that out when it's part of a when it's part of a team? You know, it's like it's like a uh, a sports magazine that just deals with quarterbacks and not receivers. <laughs> Wouldn't make any sense. Okay, so anyway, best day to launch for Christmas. This was an interesting little article by Laura Rudd, um, who's head of C, C uh, head of CEO. I don't know if that's a. That, <laughs> Maybe that's a proper noun. I don't know. But anyway, um, is there a secret formula to festive TV? And she covers a bunch of things, but says basically John Lewis was the winner again in the UK Christmas ad uh, metrics that she follows. Nearly 20 million views across all social channels and 384,000 social reactions. So like 384,000 likes. Um, nothing compared to Mr. Beast, but still quite impressive, if you ask me. Um, and uh, John Lewis this year did one called The Beginner, where an older guy tries to learn to skateboard, and he does okay, and he gets pretty beat up. And the reason was because uh, he and his wife were adopting a foster child who was about 13 or 14 girl, and she was into skateboarding, so he could have something to connect with her and that that was a really heartwarming commercial i thought so um really really nice so uh so when do you launch your advertisement well what was interesting is both aldi who always does well uh with kevin the carrot i think it's kevin the carrot and john lewis both hit november 10th um which is close to when we start the nativity fast all the rest of these went early and didn't do as well. So the hypothesis here is that uh, that these late entries um, piggyback on the excitement of others. Now, it could be also that as you approach Christmas, you get more excited. <laughs> and it has to do more with the season that, you know, beginning of November, we just got past halloween and all hallows even and we are into thinking we're into thinking of other things and we've always felt like anybody that starts promoting christmas before halloween is kind of out to lunch but november 2nd is pretty close to that whereas november 10th gives you a full week and some more so that may be the reason that works you know again does it matter? Well, these two do the best job on their commercials also, right? Although, Asda, I featured this yesterday. If you didn't see the Asda commercial, then uh, you need to see yesterday's show. I didn't talk. I just put up the Asda commercial, which is a, a digital remastering of the Buddy the Elf scenes. It's fantastic. It's really fantastic. As a as an exercise in technology, it it is amazing. When I first watched it, I thought, well, how did they get him to lose so much weight? <laughs> he looks so young. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> I don't know. 
I'm not into popular culture. They bought me a Jeopardy game for 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 Christmas, and we haven't played it yet. But I do really well on like ancient and medieval history. <laughs> but anyway, it'll, it'll come to me probably in the middle of this next piece. So direct to consumer brands invest in catalogs, and also as a sidelight, uh, Jillian Follett or Follet, I don't know. Uh, Apple's crackdown rekindled a direct mail staple, meaning catalogs. That's fascinating right there. Okay. On digital platforms, this is from Polly Wong, a quote from Polly Wong, uh, who builds a lot of catalogs. She's one of the premier places that you can go to start a catalog, launch a catalog. And, uh, and, and, Two of the B2B companies I'm talking to both want to go with catalogs. They, they, I said, well, there's a lot of alternatives, but they want to go with catalogs. So on digital platforms, direct-to-consumer brands are forced to simultaneously compete for customers' attention while also attempting to blend their marketing messages seamlessly into each platform's native content. So you're basically riding along with the content of others. Does that make sense, right? But catalogs enable brands to capture undivided attention with virtually no outside forces within the catalog's pages or if they're in there they're deliberately so so some some merchants will uh will put in uh manufacturers content or sell ads to manufacturers in that are after a similar market um it doesn't ever mention polly's real name but it just says wong said which is kind of odd anyway there's Maybe she's that famous. I'm pretty sure it's Polly. I'll have to ask. But anyway, there's no channel that replicates the sheer real estate in print, the opportunity to tell your story, especially for new customer acquisition. And this is something that even the best customer, the best catalogers forget. You know, they think they can get a deal by doing digital acquisition and they'll get clicks and they may even get an order. But those customers are shoppers. You know, digital seems to lend itself to uh looking around for the best deal it because it's so quick right catalogs you've got their undivided attention so uh brands that use catalogs to center their storytelling on gift-oriented holiday shopping behavior tend to see a boost in sales well, a lot of people see a boost in sales but anyway wayfarer uh divided up their catalog into gift uh, categories such as foodies, kids, and pets. Okay, so they had gifts for your for your foodie friends and your kids and your pets. And uh, our seasonal catalog was called Holiday Your Heart Out. Which doesn't make any sense to me, but you know, it just shows you. <laughs> uh, Wayfair had 40 ways to holiday specifically highlighted 40 pieces of holiday de decor that up the spirit in every room of the house. <laughs> Again, they could use a word or two. Maybe they used AI to, bu to build those headlines. That's what I'm going to say from now on when I don't understand a headline. Kara uh, O'Brien, head of offline marketing at Wayfair, said, catalogs give us that extra real estate to tell Richard richer product stories and invite customers to all that Wayfair has to offer. I mean, one of the things that happens in a big catalog, and I just saved some big catalogs, 
you know, one of the things that happens with this is you get the impression right away that this is this these people have a lot to offer you. These people, Uline, have a lot to offer. I got my Bass Pro, uh, and I don't even buy much from them really, so it's maybe a waste on me. But the point is, is that when you go to a website, you see some navigation tools, but you never see more than one page at a time. Whereas with a catalog, you get the heft. You know that they've been around a while. You know they mean business. And you know they're going to they're gonna work hard to keep you as a customer. Whereas digital, it's just a boom, 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 boom about an item. Okay, so it's a totally different idea. A tangible print piece is something consumers, and I would like to say customers instead of consumers, keep, bookmark, revisit, and even share with family and friends. Yeah. <clears throat> and Orvis, according to Sheila Shekhar-Pollock, says that we emphasized long-form storytelling and especially, and this is really interesting because I really, I really get into this. One of my life goals was to have enough money to, or <laughs> to regularly buy from Orvis. <laughs> I do buy from Land's End, turtleneck, fleece. I think they're, they're the best value maybe in the world giving for generations customer stories of the meaning behind the orvis gifts in their family that have passed down from generation to generation how cool is that my kids don't have the same love of fly fishing that my dad and i had or fishing in general really <laughs> and so i don't think there would be running they would be handing down but anyway wonderful wonderful uh, article it doesn't really say anything about how apple's crackdown led to this state this rekindling but here's what i think m was meant to be said and maybe my maybe my system knocked out a few pages it's always possible but um because of apple's uh you know knocking out the cookie allowing their users to not be tracked by cookies across the web so that we actually know much more about a consumer's off our page browsing behavior than we do about their their interest in our full line of our catalog because it doesn't show our catalog it only shows an item or two so they go for an item or two and then we know that they also go to all these other places so they must be interested or they already bought it as we know from most retargeting but anyway when apple shut down that cookieing <laughs> that you can shut off the third party cookies third party cookies when Apple did that, and the and the first party cookies don't connect so well unless you make some behind the scenes arrangement, you know. So if you go to to uh, Neiman Marcus and then you go to uh, to Land's End and then you go to LL Bean and then you go to Orvis, each of those know you went, but none of them know that the others you went to unless they have the third party cookies. So when Apple turned off the third party cookies, it just made it just made data collection especially that that tenuously connected browser data it made that less effective how effective it ever was we're not sure but many say it at least affected the attribution and so now 
direct-to-consumer brands are investing in catalogs. Now, all of those mentioned, I mean, the two main ones mentioned were uh, Wayfair, who's done it for a few years now, and um, and also Orvis, who's done it for like 150 or 170 years or some crazy thing. So I don't see any big shift because of Apple. And so I'm not sure if I, again, agree with the headline. Maybe it was created by AI. But nevertheless, something to think about if, you're, if you have a direct-to-consumer brand. Have a great day. Like and share. Coming up on New Year's, I'm probably going to talk about some of the projections of marketing, um, like buzzwords. There will be more buzzwords in 2023. I guarantee it. Bye-bye.